Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, co-host, sitting across from Kurt Souter, who is the uh, what head hon- we, <laughs> we need to give you a, a really cool, yeah, powerful I I, name of I, I Further like Still Ministries. Head Honcho. Head Honcho. Yep, that's that's on your business card. Yeah, head Honcho yep. of Further Still Ministries. You like that? That's Kurt Souter's. I love it, man. <laughs> Kurt Souter over there. And uh, we are here to do a radio program. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you found us on accident, uh, hang in there with us. We're actually moderately entertaining, but we have some good information, we think. We're our show, Four Men by Men. Uh, talking about things from a man's perspective. And we know some ladies listen, and that's cool too, but uh, we want to talk to the guys. And, uh, and this is a show that we've talked about all kinds of range of topics. And uh, if you've never heard us before, hopefully this is your, if not first, not your last time. You'll you'll check in with us and, and periodically. And we have a podcast that the, all of our radio shows we've been doing, every show we've done for the past, coming up on a year and a half now, we have uh, parked on iTunes, SoundCloud, or if you want to go to furtherstoministries.org, click on the mic, that'll take you there and you can have our, an entire inventory of all of our shows. We've, we've covered all kinds of topics. and uh, What do we talk, what, what co- topics do we cover, brother? Well, we, we talk about, uh, we talk about marriage, we talk about money, we talk about sex, we talk about kids, uh, we talk, need to talk more about sex, we need to talk about... <laughs> Maybe talk? Chuck can help us with that this, <laughs> this week. I guess, yeah. So uh, you know, on this week's show, we're gonna we're gonna talk about something that uh, you know it's one of those things that you can't talk enough about because of its importance. But how many weddings have you done? Do you think in your life? Oh my goodness! How many will you do in a year? Um, I do a few a year, and so over the last twenty five plus years, I've probably done a hundred, two hundred weddings. So let me ask you: when the 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 bride and the groom they get together that day and they're excited and they come down the aisle, how many of them in the preparation leading up to that go, "Hey, Kurt, we are really excited about today, but we are also we're on the road and and really uh, committed to getting divorced." How many ever say that? Not a one. Not a one. So I don't know anyone who walks down the aisle, and I'm sure there has been some crazy, insane people who have said, I'm going to get divorced, or this is not going to last. But I don't know. Maybe there's people sitting out in the aisles who think that. But there, people, when they walk down the aisle on that day, they are in- no one thinks, well, I'm going to get divorced. But yet, and I heard different stats, and I don't believe half stats I hear, but... Uh, <laughs> Don't. <laughs> you know, they say half, and I've seen low as 30%. But the bottom line is divorce rates are too high regardless of whether they're in the church, outside the church. A lot of divorces happen. And so today we're talking about, you know, is there a science to, or not science, but is there any data or any kind of, is there science to getting a divorce-proof marriage or what leads to divorce and what can you do to stay off that path and stay on the path of not just surviving a marriage, but a marriage that's actually thriving. Well, you know, uh, Chad, yeah, I, when I talk with couples and do premarital counseling, it's I, they, they plan like crazy and spend sometimes crazy money on the wedding, but wedding's over in about 30 minutes, mm-hmm. and they do very little for re- really investing deeply into the marriage. Right. So that's why we're bringing the expert in today. Right. You, you know what you know what I was thinking about this today. We we brought Chuck in today so that you and I could get a free counseling session. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. He may charge us an invoice here in a little bit. <laughs> Chuck Tackett, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here, guys. Uh, Ch- Chuck, you've been doing uh, you've been doing this whole. Uh, now you're a licensed psychologist. Yep. Licensed clinical psychologist here in the Commonwealth. Uh, you've been doing that for how long? 
Oh, since January 1991, so a long time now. Uh, you, you're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, uh, and, and are you marriage, uh, and that's your focus. Right, right. Um, so we're going to talk about marriage today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been married how long? 39 years. 39 awesome years. I heard the first 38 are the toughest. No. <laughs> no, they, it really hasn't been difficult. Uh, um, Have there been times where I've acted, let's just say... Um, like a goofball? Well, like my dad did, got too angry on occasion, you bet. Uh, but long ago, I learned how do you manage that stuff mm. and, and not use that to contaminate your relationship. And we're going to talk about that. Right. You also have a daughter. Yep, Carly. Carly's how old? She's 19. 19 years old. So it's a trip being 61 and having a teenager in the house. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's a challenging thing. Well, she's almost out of teenage world. Almost. So, um, okay, Chuck, let's let's talk about marriage because we Mm -hmm. want to be a resource to guys and and really put some, uh, some... some resources in guys' hands. And so talk, you mentioned uh, right before we started mm-hmm. about really there's two essential reasons why couples don't make it. Right. Well, when we look at marriage, uh, let's say from the 40,000-foot level, there are two global reasons why couples don't make it. The first global reason is they mismanage conflict so that when they disagree with one another, there's a certain percentage of them that get way too angry, way too upset about it. And mm-hmm. so they argue with one another in a destructive way. So that's the, that's the, you know, that's the reason, the predominant reason early on why couples divorce. And so most couples who mismanage conflict divorce within the first 7 to 11 years. They just can't, they, they, they just don't understand right. and move through the conflict. They don't understand how to connect with one another in a positive way when they disagree. In the research we know 94 to 96% of couples have conflict. We also assume that the remaining 4 to 6% are either delusional or seriously mentally ill. <laughs> okay? <laughs> now, Chad, Chad, have you had conflict? <laughs> I may be in that 4%. Now you talking about it. <laughs> well, I can treat that delusion a little bit later, Chad. I'm so, i got a psychologist sitting about 10 feet from me, so I better be careful. Now, the other thing we know is that when we look at conflict, 64 to 66% of couples report what's called perpetual conflict. And that is, there are anywhere between three to seven issues that they completely and totally disagree with one another on. Wow. That that is perpetual. That whenever they bring these issues up, whenever they talk about these issues, they have conflict with one another. Now, you would think that if you have perpetual conflict, and every time you talk about these three to seven topics, you're going to argue with one another, you would think that the divorce rate would actually be somewhere between 64 and 66%. But what we find is that in first marriages, the divorce rate, as best as we can tell, is right about 31%. For non-Christians, it's 31%. For Christians, it's 31%. So there appear to be these people that can manage conflict Hmm. with one another and not end up getting divorced. That there are ways that they successfully can manage conflict. So we can pretty much say couples don't divorce because they have conflict with one another. Couples divorce early on because they mismanage the conflict they have with one another. So overall, when we look at divorce, uh, in the research, we call it a bimodal distribution, which means there are these early divorces that happen within the first seven years to 11 years, and then there are these divorces that happen between year 14 and year 25. And the divorces that happen between year 14 and year 25 mismanage 
not conflict, they mismanage their connection with one another. That is, they don't do enough positive stuff during the day, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, toward one another to actually feed and grow the marital relationship. Mm. And so they mismanage their connection with one another. They just don't do enough to really make that positive understanding connection with one another. And so what happens is, and we've all heard about this, where you know we all know couples where somewhere, somewhere around the 20th year, husband wakes up in the morning, wife wakes up in the morning and says, hey, I, I just have to be really honest with you. I don't know you anymore. You don't know me anymore. And I really don't care to get to know you anymore. Bye. And that happens all the time. Not because they've mismanaged disagreements or arguing with one another, but because they've not done what they needed to do to actually build a relationship with one another, a personal, deep connection with one another. They're not connected emotionally. They're not connected cognitively, that is, in their thought life. Mm-hmm. They're not connected you know, relationally, behaviorally, and they're not connected spiritually whatsoever. Because if they were then they would feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and they would begin to make a change in their connection with one another. So, so, so these two big things, that don't, you don't know how to manage the conflict areas, right, right. and the other is just kind of neglecting the overall marriage relationship. Right. Uh, in simple terms, we, we, we're, they're just not putting deposits into the bank account. Oh, yeah, and, and thinking about the marriage as a bank account is a very good way to do it. And so what we've, what we've seen in the research is that there is an actual ratio of positive to negative in the good relationships versus the bad relationships, okay? So in the bad relationships, we see a positive to negative interaction ratio of basically 0.8 to 1, okay? For every four positive things they do, they do five negative things towards one another. Mm. Now, what we see in stable marital relationships is they do basically five positive toward one another for every one negative that they do towards one another. Now, they're stable. They're not happy. They're not glad they're married, okay? But they're stable. They're not heading towards divorce. The minimum ratio for a stable and happy marriage is 11 positive things for every one negative thing you do. That's, that's what now? 11 to 1? 11 positive things for every one negative thing you do. Huh. Now, that I, got, I just got to tell you, when you said five to four i thought okay four, four to five but on the on the on, yeah. the, on the ones that are okay right yeah. that makes me think okay it, it kind of took the wind out when i was like oh you mean to tell me you got to do even more 11 to one sounds absolutely almost unsustainable I, on, right. on number wise right we're just talking numbers right? right so how does what does 11 to one look like well it really isn't that every one thing you do that's positive is going to take you an hour right okay Typically, you can have these communication interchanges with one another where in 30 seconds you can end up doing five or six positive things towards one another verbally. Speaking of 30 seconds, we're going to take a break and we're going to be back in a couple minutes and we're going to unpack even more. uh, (laughs) I want to hear more about that. Absolutely. A lot of guys guys sat up in their chair and they said, you mean I can do five things for my wife in 30 30 seconds? seconds. (laughs) I I want to take notes. We're going to come back more with Chuck Tackett and talk about Divorce Proofing Your Marriage on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter, 
And we are talking today with Dr. Chuck Tackett. Always good to have a licensed psychologist in the room. It is. It's a good thing, man. <laughs> yeah, it could make you a little nervous. But uh, we're talking today about divorce proofing your marriage and what it looks like and what are the things that lead to divorce and things that lead to healthy, strong marriages. And one thing that could lead to divorce is really bad flooring. If you do not have your flooring and your wife is on you about getting new carpet, you need to go to Carol Rogers Carpet One. They have all kinds of floorings, carpet, hardwood, tile, you name it, they've got it. Ellen and Credit Union, they are a great financial institution that uh, is a local and they really uh, invest in the uh, community. Vision First. Uh, if you want to see your wife in a way that she needs to be seen, you need to go to Vision First and get your eye care taken care of. We also want to thank Country Lake Christian Retreat Center and Bright Star Care Home Health Care. Those are all folks who have partnered with us and sponsored this show, and we thank them so much for doing so. We're talking to Dr. Chuck Tackett today about divorce-proofing your marriage. So, Chuck, you mentioned in the last segment that every a great marriage, you need to have, you need to have 11 positive things to to one negative and then we're like oh my goodness 11 to 1 and then you made the comment about five to six things you can do pretty quickly like in 30 seconds Mm -hmm. describe that yeah because us guys we need hope take notes okay (laughs) all right what i do when i work with couples is i'll say to them why don't you list 10 things that you would like your spouse to do that take five seconds or less so my recommendation to you is that tonight you all sit down, sit down with one another, and you think about five things or ten things that you'd like to receive from your spouse that take five seconds or less to do. Mm, I'm, I'm, this and is good. Then, and then do those things at least 11 times a day. Now, if you have a little bit of a debate with one another, a little bit of an argument with one another, it goes up to 22. <laughs> so think about it this way, guys. Every time you mess up, that's another 11. <laughs> okay? Now, part of the reason is, you know, why do we have to have so many more positive things, you know, for every one negative thing? Well, think about the nightly news. Is the nightly news about all the great things that happen in the community? No, it's about all the terrible, awful, rotten things about, that happen in the community, the violence in the community, the destruction in the community. Why does the news talk predominantly about all the terrible things in the community? Well, because the news is a business and they want to make money and they understand how brains function. Our brains are extremely gifted at spotting stress and threat. Hmm. We don't need to hunt. We don't need to wonder. Our brains are stunningly efficient at spotting stress and threat. So when our spouse does something to us that we would deem as a little bit stressful, we're going to spot that in a heartbeat. Mm. Now our brains are not custom designed to spot the positive. That's why we miss 90% of the positive things that our spouse would do towards us or is currently doing towards us. So what we've learned in the, what we see in the research, what I've learned in clinical practice is you've got to get really, really specific about the positives. So create a list of 10 things that take five seconds or less to do. So wife, you create a list of 10 things that your husband, that you would like your husband to do for you that take five seconds or less, all right? And then husband, you create a list of 10 things you would like your wife to do for you that take five seconds or less. Okay, so give us some examples about something that we can do five Mm -hmm. seconds or less. Uh, Biggest rule is when you first see one another at night, uh, I work with couples on what is your ritual? And so what I say is, the first time you see your wife at night, you walk in, you ignore the kids, walk right up to her, and give her a kiss that'll make her knees buckle. (laughs) 
And if you don't give her a kiss that will make her knees buckle, you just messed up. <laughs> There's one. There's one. And that'll probably take you a really good kiss. It'll take you about 15 seconds or so. And then you pull back just ever so slightly, and you look at her and you say, Honey, I love you. That's number two. I'm thankful for you. Mm. That's three. Number four. Baby, what can I do for you tonight? That's five. That wasn't so bad. No, I'm taking notes. <laughs> doing the math. It's learning to do the basics very well. That's why flooring really matters. <laughs> That's why good eyesight really matters, okay? <laughs> so, okay, so you walk in, you give her a good smooch. Right. That's, give her an embrace. Right. You hold her. Mm-hmm. You look at her in the eyes. You smile. You tell her you love her. You tell her uh, that you're thankful for I'm, her. I praise God for you. Right. I thank thank you for being my and wife then, and my honey, bride. Honey, what can I do for you tonight? That's wow. That's that's good stuff. Now, for many guys, what you will find is your wife will faint, and you will need to resuscitate her, <laughs> and that will be fun too. And you can kiss her some more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's good. Okay, what else can we do, Chuck? Well, I, I think. Uh, it's important to understand what are those negative things that we do towards one another. Okay. Now, one of the things that we see in the marital research is there are basically 10 in our research, we found that there are 10 destructive things, communication things that we do towards one another. Okay. So let me focus on the the first two uh, most common destructive things that we saw. In our research, we saw that, that mismanagement of anger and so we, what we did in our research to, to arrive at the 10 sin characteristics, uh, we call them destructive characteristics, and the, godliness, the 10 godliness characteristics, we call them the constructive characteristics, is I went back to the text of Scripture, went to Romans 1, Galatians 5, and the sin passages, and, uh, you know, uh, since I can go back and translate the Greek, years in the past I was pastor for a while, and so enjoy, still when I preach, I enjoy going back to the Greek when mm. I preach from the New Testament and just translate that. So I went back, translated uh, the key words that relate to communication. And when I translated those words, it was really easy to see what in the world do they look like. Mm. And so the two dominant ones that we saw would be anger, fits of rage. And what we see in that is typically our anger either grows rapidly or it grows slowly. But eventually what happens is we take that anger and we shoot it out towards our spouse. Mm. And whenever we do that, we're damaging the marital relationship. And we can look at one another and we can say, honey, I love you. I'm crazy about you. I am thankful for you. And right now, baby, I am really angry at you. You did this or you failed to do that. And baby, I'm really angry at you. Now, please understand, honey, I do love you. But when you do this thing, oh, honey, it's fingernails on a chalkboard to me. So, baby, I'm asking you, please don't do that. Now, what did I just do? I focused on connecting with my wife, and I was open and honest about my anger. Mm. We can be angry and be loving and caring at the same time. It's a myth to think that if I'm angry, i got to blow you away. No, I don't have to blow you away and be angry. I can just state it. That's why God gave us the word in our language of anger. Mm. Okay? That's why it's in the text of Scripture for us to simply understand that. Okay, so we have to express it. So for some of us, it grows very slowly. For some of us, it grows very rapidly. The other thing that we, that we discovered that was the, most, the second most common or equally common sin was what's in Scripture is called the sin of foolishness. Uh, we translate that sin as being undiscerning, which is failing to pay attention to what I need to pay attention to. 
So not understanding my wife's emotional life, my spouse's emotional life, not understanding their cognitive life, their thinking life, not understanding their physical needs, not understanding their behavioral life, not understanding their relational needs, not understanding their spiritual needs, just kind of being dead from the neck up, okay? Just really not understanding them. Mm. And we saw that again and again and again in 80% of our couples where they just didn't pay enough attention, enough detailed attention to one another. And so the sin of anger, fits of rage, and the sin of undiscerning, uh, foolishness, those were extremely damaging. Now, they didn't look in, the, in, our re- in our interviews with 125 Christian couples, they didn't look terrible. They didn't look awful. They weren't mean towards one another in the session. They weren't cruel towards one another in the session most of the time. Um, but when you mismanage your anger, it really destroys the relationship. When you don't pay enough attention to one another, it really destroys the relationship. And so if we can learn to manage those two things well, then you know we're going to be well on the way to to uh, building a great relationship. Now the others were. Hold on, just yeah. a second, Chuck. Let me let me uh, let's talk about a little bit more about the uh, the anger and the fits of rage. How how do I mean? Because I'm sure there's uh, there's times when us guys get angry and yeah. we don't know that we are. Mm-hmm. Dis, you know, really demonstrating some serious anger and we're destroying the relationship. We don't even know it. We right. don't even know we're doing it. We know we're angry, but we don't, we think we're being constructive, but we're not. Yeah. Talk about that just a little bit before the oh, break. Well, part of it, part of it is learn to be tender when you're angry. Okay. Okay. But one of the ways that we get, one of the ways that we can control that anger in a constructive way is be tender. You can be tender and be direct. Mm. We, we think those things are mutually exclusive. You can be tender and be very, very direct. Mm. And so uh, the typical things that we can monitor is, is if we sense that our heart rate's getting faster. If we begin to feel warm in the face, that's really a good sign. If we find, you know, that our chest kind of feels like it's you know, expanding, it's thumping a little bit, okay, we're getting hacked off. Okay, and so we just need to get really good at spotting that kind of stuff and just making a decision that I can express my anger. I just need to do it in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. I mean, my lands, Jesus got angry. Mm-hmm. The scripture tells us, be angry, but do not sin. Yes. I think a lot of times we confuse that anger is sin and we just shove right. it away and don't get angry at all. But you're, you, just, you just described truth in love. Jesus right. spoke truth, but he did it in love. Right. Yep. That's good. Chuck, we're going to continue. We're going to unpack the rest of those 10 negatives, and then uh, then we're going to talk about the 10 positives. Sounds good. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. 